0: We continue with our COVID-19 coverage this morning with officials from Baxter Regional Medical Center joining us this morning, President and CEO Ron Peterson, Chief Nursing Officer Shannon Noctigal, and Director of Marketing Tobias Pugsley. Ron, we'll let you start with the, uh, the latest numbers for us this morning.
1: Well, thank you, Brad. I appreciate that. You know, the numbers across the state are creeping up, there's no question. Yesterday, we had an increase of about 798, so almost 800 and that seems to be the trend the last week or so, so we all want to be careful. Uh, We have tested across the state uh, 395,000 individuals, so that's quite a few. There's been a total of about 29,733 positive cases. Uh, Active cases right now are up to 6,558, so that's fairly high. We are at a peak, um, or at our height, I don't know about a peak, but at our height for patients that are in the hospital right now. There's about 445 patients in the hospital across the state. There's 91 individuals who are hospitalized and also on ventilators. And um, if you're wondering about the capacity, there's still about 185 ICU beds open across the state. That's with COVID and non-COVID patients in those ICU beds, and there's still uh, 647 ventilators available. So there's plenty of uh, capacity yet, but we really don't want to uh, fill that capacity either. So um, when you look at uh, Baxter County, we're uh, creeping up a little bit. Uh, We have 31 total positive cases and seven active cases. Uh, About 2,672 individuals have been tested who live here in Baxter County. And as a system, Baxter Regional has um, tested 2,410 individuals, and uh, we've actually uh, had five positives now. And uh, so I just want to point out, you know, I've talked a few times about the, it's uh, the geographic segments in, across the state that are getting hit. And, and the Northwest area is actually starting to come down a little bit now. So that's a, a good sign. Washington County, I think, is down to about 728 active cases, which uh, sounds like a lot, but that's down significantly. So so we're happy to see that. But we are kind of seeing that fog move over our way. Uh, Boone County has jumped up from about 30 uh, patients roughly a couple days ago to 63 uh, total positive cases and 29 actually active cases right now. And so that's getting a little closer, so we want to be uh, more and more careful. And Brad, just one last thing that I want to mention, and that is um, I'm very proud of the way our staff handled it. Uh, this past weekend we did have an inpatient uh, here at Baxter Regional, and our staff took all the precautions necessary. The patient was treated, the patient has been discharged. And, um, you know, we, we feel very confident that we can safely take care of COVID patients and uh, other health-related issues at the same time and still provide a safe environment.
0: That's good news. That patient's been, uh, been discharged. Yeah. Shannon, let's talk about uh, testing and, and PPE. Can you give us an update on those items this morning?
2: Um, testing, we still, fortunately, you know, we're one of the few hospitals in the state that can provide its own testing and we have um, a, a two, currently two different platforms and we're working on a third. Um, but we have the um, PCR which is a highly reliable test and um, it's a, about a two hour turnaround time. Um, we are hoping though to conserve that, that testing for those patients that are showing symptoms um, or that we need to test prior to an elective procedure. So we are really watching our numbers on that. Right now, again, they're great, but if we were to get a surge in our community, we could very easily, you know, be, be having to send our tests out. So we're really being conservative with that and encouraging most people, if they can, to go to the Arkansas Health Department where they are providing the Monday through Friday testing so that we can really conserve our testing if we were to have a surge here at Baxter.
0: Well, Ron mentioned the, the capacity around the state as far as hospitals are concerned. Let's talk about BRMC and, and the, the capacity and what happens if we do have a surge.
2: Um, so reminding everybody, because we've had this in place for now a few months, so um, you kind of have to brush the dust off of it and remember that we do have a plan for a surge capacity. Um, nine of our ICU rooms um, can be made negative pressure within just 10 to 15 minutes. Across from our ICU is an eight-bed unit that's currently closed, but every one of those rooms have been um, made negative pressure, and then if we get above those 17 needed rooms, then we can move over to another 35-bed unit, which all have been um, prepared for negative pressure in each of those rooms, and 12 of those 35 rooms can also house intensive care patients and have the ability for monitoring and ventilator support, so we really feel we're ready, We feel like we have um, our staffing um, ready. We have um, nurses um, that we have, of course, our intensive care nurses that can manage ventilator patients, and then we have nurses that work in other areas that can manage ventilator patients that can be pulled over to ICU. We have ICU nurses that work in our perioperative environment in our education and other areas that um, we've already talked to early on, and they're more than happy to come over and help us take care of those patients. And then um, we also plan to use other nurses um, as supported-type nurses that can um, help serve as runners for nurses in those rooms and bring them meals. So we really have a good plan in place. I hope we don't have to use it. Um, but we feel confident that um, we'll be able to protect our nurses and our patients and our, and our um, other coworkers here at our hospital.
0: Shannon, it's, it's been a while since we talked about the, the negative pressure rooms. Just a kind of a refresher, what does that mean and why are those needed?
2: So we've always had negative pressure rooms throughout our facility, and the purpose of those is that when someone has a contagious disease that is spread through droplets, or if you cough, the droplets that come out through your cough, we want those in those negative pressure rooms because how that works is it pulls air from the hall into those rooms instead of the air from those rooms going out into the hall. And air is pulled into those rooms and then ventilated out of the hospital through a HEPA filter. So um, you're really protecting everybody else outside those rooms um, and keeping that contagious disease through a helper filter that goes out um, and um, is not harmful once it goes through the filters.
0: Very good. Tobias, I know you got several things you want to update the community on this morning.
3: Yeah, Brad, there was a um, on our Facebook page recently, we posted something that the uh, Texas Medical Association created. It's basically a, a risk factor for know-if If the things that you want to do are a high risk um, to potentially catch COVID or a low risk. And I would encourage people to go on our Facebook page and check that out. Um, I'll give you an example. A a low risk, a number one on the low risk scale is like opening your mail. Um, A two is, uh, you know, something like getting restaurant takeout or going camping. Um, And then on the other end of the scale, um, on the nines, which is the highest end, like a nine would be like going to a bar, or um, uh, going to a sports stadium or to a concert. So those are very high-risk things. So um, if you get a chance, check that out. It's it's a really great little graph, and, and that was um, created by a, a physician task force, again, through the Texas Medical Association. Uh, we thought it was really neat, so we wanted to share it with our community so that they would know. And, and we also just want to remind people, you know, continue to wear those masks um, we hear the governor say it every day, but, um, you know, we feel like we need to echo those, those comments, um, wear those masks and, and continue to social distance. And, um, you know, as we see things come closer this way, you know, we, we just, we don't want to loosen up. Um, you know, we want to, we want to continue to do a good job as this community has done and, and, and try to, to do everything in our power to protect those that we love.
0: Definitely. Ron, anything else we need to mention this morning?
3: You know, I thought Tobias
1: said it really well as, as, Things are get, seem to be getting closer to us. We want to continue to wear those masks and social distance. I uh, actually had a call the other day after last week's radio talk, and they mentioned that I talked about social distancing, but I didn't say much about masks, and so I do want to emphasize that, and I'm going to emphasize that by talking about, I think everybody's heard about the great clips uh, up in Springfield, and it's now in uh, a docu- documented in an article through the CDC Um, that uh, the two individuals that were working wore masks, saw 139 uh, clients uh, cut their hair, and uh, every one of the clients wore a mask, and the uh, individuals working wore a mask, and no COVID was spread, even though the individuals who were working had the COVID uh, um, disease. So so anyways, I just want to remind us that it, it does help. And uh, we should be careful now because it is all around us. And uh, the more we can wear our mask, and the more we can social distance, I think, the better.
0: Definitely. All right. Great information. We thank you guys this morning. Thank, thank you. So. Appreciate it, Brad. All right. Again, Ron Peterson, Shannon Noctigal, and Tobias Pugsley this morning from Baxter Regional Medical Center.